How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 60 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we are being brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Uh, there'll be more on that stuff a little bit later. I ordered my first uh, package yesterday. I am very much looking forward to trying all of their flavors. I've had a couple and they've been delicious. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have all of them and be very excited about it. So uh, hopefully that comes soon. Uh, today we are going to talk about some what ifs. Uh, one what if in particular, and that is, uh, I, I posed this question on our on our Twitter feed at Locked On A's, and uh, it was, hey, what are some what ifs that you know you would like to see done? And uh, one of them was like, what if Justin Verlander wasn't on the Tigers? And uh, true fact, uh, but also, what I, I have a what if related to that and the 2012 uh, ALDS in particular. So that is our topic for today. What if the 2012 ALDS went a different way and how it could have happened and how it would have pretty much affected everything? So uh, that's what I'm doing today. And uh, it's going to be basically the Zabruder film. So get excited. But first, I'm going to plug our social media channels. So as I mentioned before, Locked On A's on Twitter. That is also Locked On A's on Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. So give us a follow at any of those. And if you want to email us any questions, uh, if you have another what if that you would like to propose, you can reach out to me on Twitter or you can email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, so let's get into what if the A's won the 2012 ALDS and how that would have affected the franchise. Um, so we're going into the 2012 ALDS with Miguel Cabrera winning the Triple Crown and the MVP of the season uh, over Mike Trout, who was a rookie that year. Uh, so he is at the height of his powers, winning the Triple Crown. Justin Verlander is, you know, he makes a name for himself in the playoffs this season, I believe. Um, he won two games against the A's. He pitched a total of 16 innings, gave up seven hits, walked five, and struck out 22. So he was pretty solid. Um, but what if there was no Game 5? How, how do we get to no Game 5? We'll get into that in a sec. But... uh the A's could have won this series in four with one slight difference, which I will get into. Um, yeah, so Cespedes was a rookie with the A's that year. Uh, you may remember his monster home run in Japan to open the season. And I was like, hey, this guy is pretty cool. And then the Oakland A's uh, home opener where he hit that ball. I can still look and see where he hit that in left center field. And I'm like, damn, that ball went far. Um so yeah, it, it was a very fun season. Um, obviously, for a lot of us, myself included, uh, it is some of the best baseball that we've ever been a part of. Uh, it, I look back on that season fondly. I remember when the A's were eliminated in you know Game Five of the ALDS. Uh, everybody stayed and just chanted, "Let's go Oakland!" And that was a magical moment for A's fans. And they had just been utterly decimated by Justin Verlander throwing a complete game. And allowing, what, like uh, three hits? No, four hits. So, uh, yeah, for A's fans to show up like that afterwards and just appreciate the players that put on, you know, this show for them, uh, that that was really cool. And I I hold that moment very close to my heart. Um, So, yeah, anyways, you may also remember that the 2012 season was the first one in which there were two wildcard teams. Uh, Obviously, 
Uh, that rings a bell because the A's had clinched a wild card spot in game 160 when they beat the Texas Rangers. And then in game 162, they won the division. So uh, they had already clinched a wild card spot. One of the two, they would have faced the Baltimore Orioles um, and all that stuff. And then would have faced the Yankees instead of the Tigers if they had been a wild card team. Anyways, um, so there were two wild cards. And since the, that rule was instituted so late into the season and the schedule was already out and everything, they schedule makers did a little thing where they were like, hey, how about this? How about for one season only, we have the better team start the, the ALDS on the road? That sounds like a great idea. So the A's played the first two games in Detroit and then the final three in Oakland. Uh, how would that have changed? <laughs> Here we go. Um, so usually you go two games for, you know, the, the better team, uh, or the team with a better record, let's say. Um, so it would have been two in Oakland, two in Detroit, one in Oakland is how it should have gone in any other season besides this season. So if you play game one in Oakland, I think that they, the A's went in four without changing anything else because so the A's lost game one to Justin Verlander and the Tigers three to one and there was not a lot of offense going on Coco Crisp let off the game with a home run solo shot off of Justin Verlander and then he didn't allow a run the rest of the series so maybe he just got punched in the mouth and was like hey I'm done with this you know like Michael Jordan he's like yeah yeah cool you hit that shot you're not going to get the ball ever again so I it, it seemed like one of those moments so the A's started the series off in Detroit, where it was 49 degrees at game time, which was 6 o'clock local time for Detroit. It would have been 3 o'clock our time. Uh, whether or not the game would have been played at 6 o'clock Oakland time or uh, you know 3 o'clock, it, it doesn't necessarily matter to the argument. Game time for when it would have been here doesn't hold a lot of water on this one. But uh, if it was at 3 o'clock... It would have been much warmer. Uh, I looked up weather. This is a weather podcast right now. Um, so the weather on that day in Oakland at noon was 72 degrees. At 6 o'clock, it was 63 degrees. So already 14 degrees cooler at the coolest point for Oakland. And uh, so you do a little bit of research on this and you find out, hey, how far does a baseball travel in you know warmer temperature as opposed to colder temp temperature? And what I found, uh, according to, uh, I'm going to say, weatherreport.com or some weather service, uh, it seemed like a credible website. They did research into this. Um, it seems as though a difference of 10 degrees Fahrenheit is a roughly two and a half feet of distance. So the A's, um, it, at, if it we're going at 63 degrees, we're looking at about three and a half feet for the ball to travel. And in the course of everything doesn't necessarily matter but so I'll, I'll run through how the scoring had happened Coco Crisp had his leadoff home run there was a, a double play that uh, Detroit hit into which scored a run from third so the A's got two outs gave up a run kind of defensive indifference they could have tried for a play at the plate but it could have loaded the bases at the end of things changed everything I'm going with not changing anything from any of these games and how the A's could have won just by changing venues. So uh, defensive indifference scored the first run on a double play. Uh, there was another 
uh, there was a error by Jared Parker, who was the starter for the A's. He, uh, there was a slow roller hit up the first baseline. Uh, Brandon Moss was going for it, and Parker picked it up and tried to flip it, but there was nobody at first base, and he didn't really have the ball, and it kind of scuffled away uh, past first base, run scored. So that's uh, two runs, and then Alex Avila hit a home run, and uh, that that's all three of Detroit's runs right there. All right, so I'm going to get into how changing the ballparks would affect everything here in just one sec. But real quick, I got to tell you about Belt Bar. Uh, they are healthy bars covered in chocolate. They have nut-free flavors. They're delicious. Uh, as I talked about before, the raspberry one was great. I'm waiting for my pack of 16 to get here, and I can tell you about all of the flavors at that point. So uh, hopefully in the next few days, I will be super informed and be like, hey, no, no, no you guys, do this. Uh, I use the code that we got, actually, to get my box, of you know, my assortment pack, and it wound up being like 28 bucks for 16 bars. That ain't bad, considering that they're healthier than, you know, other, uh, other bars that are out there. They don't use a lot of sugar. They got the protein. I'm on board. I haven't had that many of them. I'm on board. So, uh, yeah, one that they have right now uh, that... Everybody at Locked On has been talking about, and I'm very excited to try, is the uh, peanut butter brownie. It has 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar. That's nothing. And then they got uh, 3 grams of net carbs in there as well. Th these things are fantastic. They're soft and chewy. That's how I like my bars. That's how I like my protein. I don't really care how I get protein, but soft and chewy... I'll put that at the top of the list. Why not? Um, all right. So the offer basically is you go to BuiltBar.com. I will put that in the show notes. You can just click on the link and enter code locked on. You get 10 bucks off your first order. Uh, so yeah, it's real easy. It's basically like 33% off. So again, go to BuiltBar.com, enter code locked on. You get 10 bucks off. That's a pretty good deal. I also want to mention that this podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24 Life, Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. That's Willie Mays, you guys. Uh, in this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays, see, they said it. Uh, Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as the greatest all-round player in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime experience meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas. You know Bob Costas, he had pink eye. <laughs> yeah, Bob Costas, that's what he's known for, having pink eye at the Olympics. Uh, and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Che. John Che of the San Francisco Chronicle, he's a pretty good dude. Um, whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. Okay, just to get us back on topic here. According to a study, baseballs basically travel about two and a half feet further per 10 degrees difference of Fahrenheit. Uh, in degree temperature, you know, Fahrenheit. Uh, the game time temperature in Detroit was 49 degrees. By the time this fly ball was hit, it was probably much cooler than that. Uh, game time temperature for Oakland would have been around 63 degrees if it was played at the same time. Uh, probably would have been. Uh, could have been earlier. Maybe the ball would have been further. So that's what we're going with. Uh, so top of the eighth inning, Brandon Moss comes up to the plate with Yoenis Cespedes on, on base already. He had hit a single. And uh, he hits a ball to the wall that gets caught. He, outfitter did not have to jump for it, but it was on the warning track, 
well into the warning track against the wall, Brandon Moss flies out. Would have tied the game. If that get, if that ball is hit in Oakland, goes over the fence, no doubt. Then you got a tie game. Then what happens? We don't know. But that that's what I'm going with. What if they just switch the ballparks and that ball goes over? We we don't know what happens from there. Uh, if it's in Oakland, maybe they win. I know that you know there are other games where you know you had the the Stephen Vote walk off in Game Four. Maybe that doesn't happen if it's in Detroit. Maybe it does. I'm not trying to change much. I'm just saying it would have been a tie game as opposed to a 3-1 game, and you would have been in the Tigers' bullpen as opposed to facing Justin friggin' Verlander at that point. So my belief is that the A's would have won the series if they had started in Oakland like they should have. Um, and then Detroit went on to sweep the Yankees. So, I mean, you got to hold true with if the Tigers beat the Yankees in four games, then the A's would have beaten the the Yankees in some amount of games. You just go with it. I don't know. It, there doesn't need to be logic involved. I'm just following the plane. And so you go into the World Series in Bay Bridge 2 against the San Francisco Giants. And the Giants were just coming off a dramatic Game 7 victory over St. Louis. They were uh, f- not fresher. They had been playing more recently which is why I believe they actually won that series because uh, they did not face the Justin Verlander that the A's faced because he gave up a bunch of home runs to Pablo friggin' Sandoval, and uh, that wouldn't have happened in, you know, regular circumstances. The, the Tigers had just swept the Yankees and had a week off. That's why I think that they lost the series and, uh, you know, gave the Giants their second championship in three years. Whatever. It's fine. Um, so the A's, would have they, they were having a magical season. And it would have been hard to see them, you know, fall apart in the World Series after getting that far. Um, So maybe the A's win their World Series. Maybe they don't. It would have been a lot of fun for bragging rights. That's for damn sure. But say the A's win that World Series. I know we're going a lot of steps further than the original what if. But say the A's win that World Series. The Giants don't win three in five years. Their fans aren't as insufferable. Maybe we get along again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry, Giants fans, if there are any that listen to the podcast. And so, anyways, um, so then, you know, the A's change their narrative and all that stuff. Maybe they don't trade all of their All-Stars after the 2014 season. Um, there's a lot of what-ifs that just bloom from what if the A's just, you know, got to play game one in Oakland and that ball went over the fence. Maybe they win the World Series. It's crazy to think about. And, I mean, what? I'll see if I can find a clip of this home run, and I will post it in the show notes, and you can watch and be like, yeah, that's two and a half feet. That, that could have happened. It, it would have been like 3.4 feet, three and a half feet, something like that. It, it would have been easily enough to clear the fence, I think. So that one little change changes the narrative around the A's for the next decade, basically. Uh, I know that we're in a, a new phase of... You know, you got Chapman, Olsen, Semyon, potentially, um, and Manaya and Puck and Luzardo. It's a fun time to be an A's fan, but I think that it makes it easier from a narrative standpoint. If they had won the World Series in any of the times that they've made it to the playoffs, uh, then they could lose in the wild card game and be fine because they have that one world championship. You know, like uh, Tampa Bay made it to the, pl- to the World Series one year. They lost. But they don't get the same, you know, ridicule that the A's do. They also make it to the ALCS sometimes. Um, but, you know, they 
The A's seem to be like the little brother in basically every scenario, whether it's against the Yankees, whether it's, you know, in the same market as the Giants. And uh, I think that, you know, one little change could have changed the entire narrative around the franchise for the next decade. And uh, yeah, so that's my what if for today. If you have other what ifs, please tweet them at us at LockedOnAs. You can tweet them at me at ByJasonB. You can also follow us on Instagram at LockedOnAs. You can email us your what if questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Yeah, I screwed up schedule because I was waiting for, you know, news to come out for the owner's proposal and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm excited about doing this podcast right now. I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll record the other one tonight and you'll get just more podcasts. Better for everybody. Who knows? Um, But yeah, there's that one will still be coming. It'll probably be tomorrow. Um, Yeah. And then I still got that Mark Mulder trade retrospective coming to you guys this week. Uh, I just got very excited about looking up and also watching these highlights. I'm excited about robo umps because Justin Verlander was getting six inches any side of the plate he wanted up, down, left, right. A start. It didn't matter. That was a video game reference from the 90s for you guys. <laughs> I love explaining jokes. It's very fun to me. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Um, go out there, try Built Bar. They're delicious. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this Willie Mays book. I'll probably get the book book as opposed to the audiobook, but I mean, hearing Willie Mays' voice is pretty cool too. Uh, I, I, I like to read is the thing. So, uh, That's all. And also, I don't have a commute right now. So reading books just keeps me busier for longer is all. Also, one last thing. Uh, Locked on MLB with Sully. He's doing uh, quiz shows with other Locked on hosts. Uh, I am not participating because uh, if you've heard me on these other quiz shows before, I'm terrible. So uh, I am saving myself the scorn and the ridicule of other Locked on hosts. And uh, but they have been very fun to listen to, so uh, give those a, sh- uh, a look, a shout-out. No, no, not shout-outs, just listen to them. They're at Locked On MLB, wherever you get your podcast. Same as here. Um, yeah, so that's going to be it for today. In the meantime, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk to you guys very soon about labor relations.